Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gotta stop meeting like this. <laughs> Um, We've had a decent amount of these, haven't we, over the last year? Yeah, no, no, no cold open um, because we're recording this at 1030. Chris just went to go see the lovely Ohio Bobcats. Um, Did they win? Did they? They won another one. They won another one. We're we're, we're burying the lead here. Um, It we we do not have official confirmation, Chris. But for all intents and purposes, the Chris Mack era at Louisville is over. Uh, we're recording this at 1030 at night. We do not have the official confirmation. No one seems to want to say officially, um, but it, it appears that Chris Mack has uh, come to an agreement with Louisville. There will be some sort of separation agreement, um, and he is no longer going to be the coach of Louisville basketball. What is your uh, initial reaction, Chris? <laughs> Well, I told you before we get started here is like, there's a lot of people around Louisville that are like, yeah, man, this is a nuts day. And there's just this odd feeling of like calmness around me about this whole situation. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, we seem to be destined to going down this road. I am happy that it appears there was some type of mutual agreement. So this didn't have to be drug out in court, um, you know, discussing the buyout, because obviously that's what the agreement's about. It, it seems like Louisville and Mac went to each other. I, I think there's reports that maybe Mac went to Louisville first, but that's neither here nor there for the moment. It, it seems like when they got to talk, there was an agreement of we'll pay you X amount of dollars so we can avoid going to court and have you risking getting nothing. Um, so I'm happy that that happened. And I'm happy that there is some towards of like finality here because the last few weeks have absolutely sucked. So that's kind of where I'm at. Where are you at? I'm, I'm similarly, I, I told you, I, I think I hopped on this call. And I was like, man, I kind of like, I'm just sitting down and realizing that this is like really crazy. But I had told a few people earlier, I was like, man, like I weirdly like feel super Zen about this and super like, yeah, you know, this was, we knew it was going to happen. It's happening without a lot of fuss. It, it really seems like I'm sure there's going to be some kind of Chris Mack tell all down the line. I didn't get an opportunity to do this and this and this, but for right now, it feels like everyone's kind of getting what they want, which I think we'll talk a little bit about here in a minute. We're, we're just going to talk about this now, just to give you guys a heads up. Um, if you want to hear about 24 star recruits coming to visit football, that is not going to be at the end of this conversation. Um, we're just yeah, going to talk we, about Chris we, Mack. Um, we'll talk about that another we, time. <laughs> we've kind of had some of these conversations already in a previous podcast. I think we did a really good job job of voicing our frustration on the last one. So if you haven't heard that, you know, go give that a listen as well. Um, I think we're planning tomorrow to do some type of spaces at some yes. point when there is yes. some type of finality to this and to go a little bit more in depth. I know there is, there's obviously several meetings tomorrow because it's a public university and there's gotta be a lot of different formalities. There is one scheduled for four o'clock. Um, and then there is the meeting that Chris Mack is reportedly having with his players at Betty Johnson at 8 a.m. So right, Billy Minardi, 
Billy Minardi. Billy Johnson. Wow. It's a throwback. Um, Shout out. Betty Johnson. Yeah. Um, so there is that. I it's yes, it's, we, we've had this conversation. I kind of want to have it in it. Obviously it's kind of in a different context now that it's actually happened. Um, sure. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm chill about this because like we said, like this could, this could have been ugly. This could have been difficult. Um, especially given Max, Max temperament, and, especially given and, Max temperament. And we're going to talk about why I think it may not have been the, the reason why, why it may not have been. Um, but I, I feel like we're going to just, we just needed to move in the right direction. The vibes were bad. I'm, I'm, we're we're big vibes guys, Chris. We're big, you know, the juju was bad. The vibes were bad. You could tell it by Malik Cunningham or Malik Cunningham, Malik Williams's answer, um, on Saturday, you could tell it just someone even noticed. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the first, like the first like 15 minutes of the Virginia game, but someone texted me. He's like, he's just sitting down. He's not standing up. He hasn't stood up once. Mac just kind of just sat. Yeah. There were weird few, few plays where he would maybe like, Oh, I'm really going to coach mass off of this play. And then, you know, they're going to bucket and he'd sit down for another five minutes, whatever it was on. It, it, It just, it just felt like he was done and we'll go through that. And, um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you in that, like, just kind of ready for this to be over. And now we kind of get to weird, sit in this weird catbird seat where we're just kind of just hanging out and, and watching other coaches. I, I just tweeted like five minutes ago that I was like me and me and the homies watching, watching coaches try and like audition for the Louisville job. Um, because I think, you know, and I just want to say up front, I think it's going to be incredibly competitive. There's it's, it's this, this feels like such a different kind of opening because we talked about Chris Mack for a year after Rick Pitino left. He was the coach in waiting. He was, and, I mean, no, there's some, a- there's some way to, if you want to frame this as the job being more marketable than it was when Chris Mack took over, I think you could do that. Um, there are a few things that have to get resolved for that to happen. If you had the NCAA stuff figured out before you hired a coach, if it happened this summer, if it happened, you know, in the next few weeks, that would obviously be ideal. <laughs> but not only do you would you have the possibility of that being wrapped up pretty quickly, you also aren't replacing the guy that was the guy. And no matter who you are, mm-hmm. no matter how much of a job, you, there's going to be we'll talk about it. There are a few, you know, kind of nails in the coffin in the Chris Mack era. But one of the things was just simply that he wasn't Rick Pitino and that he had right. to succeed so right. tremendously right. so early and that if he didn't, he was already going to lose, you know, 25 percent of the fan base. Or he already and, walked in. He already walked in having lost 20 percent of the fan base who thought Rick Pitino should have never gotten fired. Sure. sure. And by simply not being the guy that's not replacing him, you have a better chance to succeed, I believe. That that's not me. I haven't thought about that way. I mean, that's not me blaming the fans whatsoever. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that. Uh, I, I just want to be clear. I mean, this situation was unattainable. Um, it was obviously where we were at. But I, I think even the most vehement Repetino supporter would say that Chris Mack was worse by 
you know, losing to Richard Bettino in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Right. That right. kind of set the stage for everything else to foster and, and, and grow. But yeah. That makes a hundred percent sense. I haven't even think about it that way. That's, 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 that's kind of a good, a, a good point. And listen, how many times, you know, how many times through history has the guy who replaced the guy, like not been the guy who is the guy. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. The guy from who replaced Dean Smith at UNC. Like he sucked, right? What's his name? Oh, I can see his face. <laughs> Man, you're gonna have to actually look that up because that's really gonna bother me. I, uh, I think I think it's I, I think it's harder to find instances of where it has worked seemingly. Um, you know, it worked for Rick, <laughs> but Billy Guthridge was, was his name. Billy, Billy, Guth- Billy Guthridge, Billy Guthridge, and then Matt Doherty right after that, and then Matt Doherty didn't work either but no didn't work either we had we had a timeline of stuff that we wanted to go down and i want to make sure we kind of stay please with some of that stuff so yeah, so let's let's which, talk about it. let's talk about how it happened right yeah let's talk about how it happened so so about four o'clock um the tweets start coming out that a meeting for the ula which is the university of louisville athletic association board um, so, so sort of the board of trustees, but for athletics, I think some of them share members, um, but, mm-hmm. but a kind of similar rotating group of basically rich people who, <laughs> but these are more Louisville associated folks. And I think there's a couple athletes on the board, a couple, uh, assistant coaches, stuff like that faculty. Um, it's, it's not necessarily just all these trustees, right? It's, it's something right. that's a little more controlled by the university. Um, and then also at that same time that the Chris Mack show that evening had been canceled the radio show. And I joked, I was like, Oh, these, you know, this is really weird, but I surely these aren't connected. I was told last week that there was a lot of movement on the request for proposals front for the athletic director job that they were going to be looking for a search term. So I assumed that this might be related to that. And then sort of a few things came in and you kind of nudged me like, I think this might be happening. And it's yeah, actually, actually like there are, there are a few times, whether it's like, you know, especially like recruiting or just like injuries or stuff like that, where you get like a yes or no, like half-hearted answer. If you ask a few people around, you never really get a clear answer. But when I asked about this, it was like, yeah, it's done. And I was like, holy shit. Like I asked somebody who left me on red and didn't respond. And I was like, okay, it's done. (laughs) I was like, this person doesn't leave me on red. Um, (laughs) And um, so that, you know, the the news began to trickle out. We started to hear, um, we started to hear a little more and people start suggesting and Louisville Twitter is going wild. And then I think it was like five ish or six, five 30 ish. Um, starting to get some of the actual sources, but I think the kind of the most definitive one was Seth Davis on the athletics said that Louisville and Chris Mack were coming to a separation agreement. And that was, like, yeah, that was a little after seven o'clock. I think that was that, a little, okay. That, that was a little after seven o'clock, but I think that was kind of the most official and still the most official thing we have um, outside of, you know, you know, I can tell you that that Jody Demling has, has told his board that that it seems like it's done. It's it, it's done and he doesn't expect it to happen. Um, Goodman has said, uh, I don't expect Chris Mack to coach another game. Yeah, Chris and I have nothing to suggest that that that, that that's further from the truth. Had had a, um, a a buddy send me the Vince Carter. It's over, Jif. Um, so, um, you know, it's it's kind of it kind of it's done. 
right? It's done. And this is where we are. Um, I am most, and we, you know, you mentioned it at the top. I'm most interested in something that came from Nick coffee. Um, where I don't think he, I'm trying to find it like exactly, but it basically seems to insinuate that Mac initiated. He said, Mac, it was like, I think Mac initiated. I have a reason to believe that Mac was the one who started this conversation. How do you feel about that? I'm not shocked, but I'm also shocked at what that implication is for the story of this. Yeah, I think that's a very significant part of the story. I I, I think it really changes. I mean, I've been texting folks and, and said, you know, if if they think that they can, you know, if they think that they can fire him for cause, it had to have been like moving for a long period of time, had to have been going for at least a couple of days at at worst at the end of last week. And maybe Saturday losing on rest this, you know, retirement day was was kind of the nail in the coffin. That's That was my assumption. Um, but I think. And, and, you know, you and I have kind of both independently heard that Chris Mack internally was done that he was, he was ready. He was ready to go. Um, so I've heard, you know, I've heard, you know, everything from he's not talking to anybody he used to talk to in the press to um, he's not, uh, you know, he was telling people in his inner circle that he was just counting down the days or like six weeks left, stuff like that. Um so it really seem it, it really completely changes, like you said, it completely changes what, how we look at it. And and I'm kind of I'm kind of astounded. I don't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, given what happened in the offseason, I think Mac was very fired up to kind of stick it to a lot of people. Um, whether that whether that be in the media, whether that be, you know, um, Dino or, or, or some of the fans that doubt, doubted him, just a lot of people. I think, I think Chris Mack used some of the people that he felt had done him wrong to kind of motivate him. I, I, I think that's part of the reason why he was successful as a coach. So it's weird to me that kind of in this light, he was just ready to almost kind of pretty quick to, to go ahead and give up. Mm-hmm. But the other part is that, I don't really know if we still understand where the university stands on how quickly they want to pull the plug on something. And that has like longer lasting implications. When you talk about Scott Satterfield, when you talk about just the, the new generation of this athletic department, what are their standards going to be? How quickly are they, they going to, you know, make a change? Because I, I would, I would say that, if you polled, you know, a reasonable amount of people that weren't connected to Louisville, I would say they think this is probably a pretty quick pull of the plug, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think so. I, 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 I mean, the, the few people that I talked to, trust me, maybe like two people that, that are away from Louisville about this stuff, their reaction was, wow, it's happening quick. And, and for us as fans, we, I mean, we think it's right on time, Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I do think the national perspective of what they kind of view this situation is, is interesting for that reason. I um, think, no, 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 absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, no, no, go ahead. No, I'm just, I, I, I think that'll be super interesting when it comes to other coaches, when it comes to what is that perception? Sure. Um, and other, you know, other schools have survived that. I mean, you know, what Billy G got two seasons and he was out mm-hmm. and then they got Cal. And it wasn't an issue at, in Kentucky. Um, it will be super interesting. I completely agree. Um, I, I did see someone mention the, uh, 
uh, that, you know, talking to people, the same kind of deals like, Oh, that's really quick. They never, this guy never got the opportunity to really work, especially from under the shadow of the, of the NCAA, which is, which was a part of his contract. But that kind of goes back to, I think the guy was done in some way. I think, I think he knew, he knew as much as the fans did. I, I don't, it would be really interesting to me. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what he says and in, in, in whenever he says it. Yeah. And I mean, we said, we talked about the podcast that they can maybe, you know, go beat a Virginia, maybe even go beat a Duke or go beat a North Carolina, win any of those big games, maybe go two or three, but it, it, it almost felt like maybe even if you had some success towards the end of the season, the fan base was just out. Yeah. The fan base. And there was really no fixing that situation. And I do think it is noteworthy to look at this situation and compare and contrast with Scott Satterfield. Um, You know, it's you shouldn't do that totally apples to oranges because the expectations for the basketball program are insanely different than they are for the football program. I want to repeat that again. The expectations (laughs) for the basketball program are much different than they are for the football program. That is a very important distinction here. But there is something to be said for how you treat the local media and how much that means. You know, some people uh, we, we talked about Chris Mack being maybe the job was too big for him. And sometimes that simply means that sometimes you got to kiss a little ass, dude. You got to go on radio <laughs> shows that you don't want to go on. You got to say, Hey, how you doing? You got to send a Christmas card to this guy. you got to do little things like that because when you're in this situation right here, some of those guys may be saying, well, Chris Mack's done this, 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 Let's give him more, you know, rope here. And if that happens, maybe some more fans come out. And if that happens, maybe the situation doesn't get quite as toxic as it did. There is something to be said for that. I, you know, at the end of the day, we were probably still going down this road eventually. Yes. Yes. But I think embracing the totality of the local job and everything that it means is also embracing the local media and the Completely people that agree. I don't sure. think I don't, th- you know, I, I, I'm going to say it explicitly. It is 100 percent not a coincidence that um, folks who have, you know, had their backs padded a little bit by Scott Satterfield are saying, I believe in him for another season. That doesn't make them wrong. I don't so think it makes them wrong. So many of I don't us think would it makes be them, doing the same thing. I don't think it makes them wrong, but I, I like it's frustrating. It's us, it is but. it is it's frustrating. Again, like you said, we we were going down this road. This is these are the incidentals. These are the 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 window dressing. Um, but it did that. I think that's ex, 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 you know exhibit number one of how Chris Mack wasn't a great fit. You know, he, he, he dominated, he dominated the press conference. I think the story of Chris Mack is always going to be, he dominated the press conference. He killed it on paper with an incredible first class. That first class turned to be bad. Um, then, you know, he does a few good things, gets unlucky in, a, in, in several other ways and didn't do all of the other bits of work that would have, you know, probably helped him hold on maybe a little bit longer or, or um, you know, kind of ingratiated himself with the fan base. Um, there are some similarities here to Charlie Shrug at Texas. 100%. 100%. And I mean, I, truthfully, <laughs> What we saw, you know, in these last few games, say they beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. 
And, you know, they, they, they beat Notre Dame at, at home. They win those two games. Let's just say that happens. And then they give the result they gave of Virginia and then they lose the Duke. Maybe they lose three straight. Mm-hmm. I do think there was a situation to where if a few results went a little bit differently and you had the caveat of Chris Mack just being a little bit more likable, <laughs> there was definitely more runway there for him to get another season for sure. I mean, we talked about it last episode, man. If there's the COVID, the COVID tournament, maybe he makes a second weekend. If they have one yeah. less COVID pause, they probably make the tournament last year. And that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that this season goes any better. This season probably was still doomed, no matter what. Um, just with 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 the talent that he had, you know, if he gets one of those point guards, you know, look at Andre Corbello, a guy who like we probably should have gone for or they were they were in on Trent Frazier too. They were in on Trent Frazier. They're in on on Adam Miller. They were in dudes all the if if he gets one of those guys instead of whoever, maybe things are different. We wanted to go to a a little specifics. We have a list let's go to specifics. Kind of kind of what went wrong. I I do want to set like the table here because I think this is what I'm about to say. It's kind of all encompassing of everything you, you have down here. Of course. Um, I do think there was a sense for Chris Mack that when he got to Louisville, he had to be a little bit of a different coach. I think he got a little bit out of his wheelhouse from a recruiting perspective. Um, The the thing that so many people thought and, and the reason why they thought Chris Mack fit like a glove at Louisville is because Rick Bettino had established a recruiting pattern of you get the guys that are flying a little bit under the radar, the four stars, the, you know, sometimes low five stars, but not the true dynamite players of the class. You get those guys, you develop those guys, you work your ass off. Um, you have teams that play really good defense, things like that. Things that happen at Xavier. And for some reason, when he got to Louisville, I, I, I think Chris Mack felt like he had to up his game a right. little bit. Right. And he, and he got a little bit out of his depth. Yeah. Louisville didn't hire that guy. They hired the guy that was at Chris Mack doing those exact things. Yeah. Wore what they wanted here. Um, I, so I think that's a worthy point to make here before we jump down. No, I think that's, I think that's a hundred percent. Right. And I, I want to go, we'll go a little bit in depth on that. I think in each kind of uh, situation, um, you know, we, I've got, I've got five, five things here. One is sort of not a thing, but we'll go through it. Uh, the first one, and we talked about this is, is player development. Um, name a player that Chris Mack has developed. You name two players, I guess. We, what were you going to say? We'll say Jordan Wara. And that's Dre probably Davis. it. Dre Davis. Dre Davis. Yes. And then that's I, about and it. N- none of those are any type of like shining example. It's not the type of example that you can go show. It's not a, a four star or five star recruit and say, come here. Here's what I did with this person. Look at them now in the NBA or look at how they're a senior and they were a two star when they walk or a three, a three star when they walked in and now they're going to be starting this year. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not a Gorgie. It's not yeah. even a Steven Van Trees. It's not a Steven Van Trees. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's, that's sure a guy. not a Russ Smith. Yeah. So you have, those are three examples that we can think of without even like really looking. And that is synonymous. This may change in the future with NIL. It may have to change, but what Chris Mack was walking into that player development aspect was synonymous with what's made Louisville basketball so successful the last 
what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was I think that's the biggest, biggest point here in the Chris. What kind of was like the Nellis coffin is that none of these players really, really grew. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is striking to me that so many smart people were like, yeah, David Johnson, that guy's a first rounder. Back into the first round, high second rounder, and he barely gets drafted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and these are guys that know basketball. Like, they know what they know what they're talking about. And then you see Jordan War at the next level, and he is balling. He is on his way to getting a contract, you know, not with the Milwaukee Bucks, but a contract on a good team to be a really good contributor in the NBA. Yeah. And we did not see that consistent basketball player at Louisville. We saw a really good score, but he's provided at the next level. He's been a complete player. Right. Um, so yeah, man, that, that one is what really frustrates me is the player development aspect from year one to year two to two to three. Like it just was not there. I think, I think it could be summed up in Jalen Withers. Mm-hmm. Like a, a guy who redshirted had a, a, a solid, you know, he was all freshman ACC freshman year i think he had his fair share of freshman year struggles chris and i can we've talked about it a dozen times how many different people were telling us jalen withers all acc jalen withers this is the year he's going to shoot himself into the first round of the nba draft yeah i mean and and he looks worse all acc he looks worse he looks he looks worse than anything we've seen in play He's actively taking steps back. And I don't know that uh, I can't put that all on. I can't put that hundred percent on Chris Mack. Who knows what's going on with it with, with Jalen Withers, but that just feels like in a nutshell, what it was player development wise. And you're absolutely right with the Louisville, Louisville fan base that, you know, we're, we're not Kentucky. We are we're, to, yeah. to look at player development. We're not looking at high school basketball mixtapes. And, and the fact that that was, non-existent um i think 100 percent is in in the story of what went wrong it should be number one on the x's and o's kind of side of it 100 percent um the no, second i think you said it perfectly i don't have much to add okay <laughs> appreciate it uh the second thing is is tangentially related um is is talent spotting and, and evaluation. Um, we talked about it. We talked about the super six. They, they came here and none of those dudes, <laughs> none of, I mean, they're a, they're, they're, they haven't panned out for the most part. I mean, David Johnson was, was great for what, for what we got of him. We, we got some really bright flashes, but it was it was not what we had hoped after that Duke game. Um, Samuel Williamson, I, I love, I, I love him. I, I hope he finds and figures it out, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen to the degree that we were promised was going to happen. Jalen Withers, we've talked about, you've got three guys who aren't even here anymore. And Aiden Agehan, who was the crown jewel for Louisville fans of the class. And he can't even them. really crack the rotation at Grand Canyon. So that just tells me that, that tells you everything. It, it, you fly overseas for that guy and you really make him the emphasis of your recruiting class. And he's just not really that good of a player that, that really throws off some alarm bells in your head there. Nickel, Nickelberry. I'm not sure what he's done. Well, I've heard a few people say he had like 
a 17 yeah, he's game. Been, he, he, he's been decent. I mean, okay. it pops up every once in a while. And then Quinn Slizinski, who's now uh, probably enjoying a nice bourbon with Rick Patina right now laughing about <laughs> this as we speak. Yeah, and there are a few guys that, like, Blake Wesley wanted to come to Louisville. I completely like could say that right Notre now. Dame, Notre Dame, Blake Wesley just just yeah. dominated us over the week. Yeah, he, j- he just lit up Louisville um, and in the last game, and you could tell when you were watching, especially early in the game, my man was like hitting himself, really like pumping himself up, like <laughs> was ready to ball out against Louisville in the up center. And there were multiple people um, that kind of got in Chris Mack's ear and wanted to. It was like this guy wants to be here. He wants to come to Louisville, and what I've been told is that Chris Mack kind of listened to some of the wrong people that told him that he wasn't talented enough to play at Louisville. Can, can, um, can, 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 we, can we rant really quickly or can I rant? You don't have to, you don't have to speak on this. You can rant. Go ahead. You don't have to speak on this. This, I, this little basketball recruiting area and listening to scouts and things like that is a fun, fun little time. So go ahead. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you don't have to put your name to this, but I'm willing to put mine because I'm really annoyed by this part. One of those people that Chris Mack listened to was Luke Murray, who's no longer with the team. Um, for whatever reason, that's a completely different story. But I, I did want to find, I, I just, I find it really funny that several people in the college basketball media uh, tried to pin Chris Mack's issues or Louisville's issues on a lack of Luke Murray when there, when that wasn't like, it wasn't like Chris Mack, like fired basketball, no Shadamas. And, and, I mean, and Luke Murray's had opportunities at a few low level jobs. He's been passed up on multiple occasions. So, so I, I just, I wanted to really quickly note on that. And I, I sort of tweeted something in fact, like, it's really funny to me what's being pointed out by the national media. And I think that's because Luke Murray, a guy who does his, his homework with, with national media guys is, is buddy, buddy with several of them. And that's fine. That's a part of the job. You, you do you, but it, it was really funny for me in the last seven days, seven ish days to see that kind of emerge among some of the folks. I just wanted to touch on that. No, I'm sorry. I, I took us on a touch. No, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, I, I, I would agree with you. Like that, that is hilarious framing in this whole thing. The whole, Ross McMaines has been turned into like a villain uh, for so many people. When I think that's like more of like a, a limited plot line of what happened here more than the, the, the front page story that's been presented. Right. Um, But you know, that's, that's kind of what happened. There are a few other instances of players that could have came to Louisville um, that are not here. Um, Kadari Richmond probably Mm -hmm. Not as it wasn't the type of situation um, to the effect of Blake Wesley, but definitely a situation where Louisville could have had him in the mix and could have had a shot at him. Um, playing for Seton Hall now is an absolutely amazing NBA prospect to me. Um, I, I don't know where he is on the mock drafts, but I can imagine if he gets an opportunity in the NBA, he will absolutely shine. You watch him play basketball, and I think you'd agree. Um, those are two instances. There are a few others. Um, those are yeah, and we don't need mind. to. We do, we don't. You know, some of that. It, it's you know. There's. I'm sure folks have heard some of the scuttlebutt, but it's so. Man, it's so. It, it, it it's so funny. We've talked so many times about how these guards that he went for. It's just so much sliding doors. So much mm-hmm. of it. 
Curbelo, Marlo Miller, we just talked about it. I, I don't know what it would be like with Caleb Love or Devin Askew, but um, he was, or, or DJ Stewart, you know, so close on so many of these. It just, it's so wild. I, I don't know. I mean, it's even things just like, what have you seen on the court that would make you prioritize Jarrett West over Mason Fox? Right. Like, let's not remember that Mason Fogner was like a late add in, was like at the very end, Lobo was like, we're going to bring this guy in. But Jared West had already been in the fold, had been a priority, probably a fallback guy for whoever they went after first, I guess, after Marcus Carr. Right. That was kind of the next guy that stuff like that, even stuff that small. I, I, I don't understand that logic of thinking, um, especially for this team. But yeah, um, the luck aspect. I do think is, is kind of notable here for sure. We, we talked a little bit about it. You know, you got the best team at Louisville. I know a million people are screaming at the podcast. I joke about this every time we mention it. They, they struggled down the stretch. The, the, the war, um, David Johnson, um, Dwayne team, they struggled down the stretch, but they were good shooters. They could have found their way. They could have made the second weekend. They could have made some noise and we're not thinking about this right now. Um, the same thing, the same thing with the, with the COVID draw, the, the, the same thing with the, with the, with the talent issue, you know, maybe he gets lucky on one guy, maybe he's able to to snag DJ Seward or he's, you know, um, one of the kind of the, the big high level guys he was really shooting for, or, or um, what's the, what's the guy for Michigan? What's I'm, I'm thinking of the, the, their center that I felt like they were Hunter, super uh, Hunter Dickerson, Hunter Dickinson, another guy, you know, yeah. that, that, that dude, Mac wanted the hell out of that guy. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, there's definitely a level of luck to it. I'm not saying that that's that, that Chris Mack doesn't deserve to be fired or, or doesn't deserve to not have this job anymore, or this isn't the right move, but you're kidding yourself. If you don't think that that's, you know, 10 ish percent of kind of what happened here. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the situation even walking into the beginning of this year, Yeah, I think if that team is able to see its finality, if, um, if Dino Gaudio, if Dino Gaudio doesn't freak out and, and, and tries to, tries to extort Chris Mack, you know, like what does that change about this season? Yeah. It's, it's funny <laughs> how all the little things really add up and you know, that's kind of, what brings us into life circumstances, but it, it really is just funny to look back at, you know, many instances. Um, even I half-heartedly joked about that game that goes into overtime at Rupp. I'm pretty sure that if I remember correctly, Louisville had a chance to win that game. Like they had the ball yeah. in their hands with a chance to win that game. If I'm remembering. They missed several free throws that game too. Yeah. They, they win that game. Maybe even this entire discussion is differently. Like every the ripple effects of so much stuff that could have happened because a basket goes in here or there are mind blowing for sure. It's wild. It's it, it is wild to think about, and of course, it's the same. You know what? You know if you know, Mango Mathiang has you know makes one free throw, and we've got another yeah. Final Four banner, <laughs> and if yeah. you know all this other stuff, we could do it a million times. So I'm not saying I'm not like again. I'm not saying that doesn't mean it means that Chris Max. It's still just be our a coach. it's just a fun exercise. For it's sure. a fun exercise, I think, and that kind of leads. There's a, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, do, I think there's even like a situation to where if Louisville did X, Y, or Z, they never hire Andre McGee and Rick Pitino still here. So. <laughs> 
hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and it kind of leads into the next one that I have. That you know, I think Chris Mack just wasn't a good fit. And sometimes, yeah. you know, you talk about luck, and you talk, you know, sometimes a bunch of things don't happen for a reason. And I think that reason was Chris Mack probably wasn't a good fit. And we talked about this a little bit, but I think he wasn't ready for the job. He wasn't ready for the spotlight. He wasn't ready for the extracurriculars that it took. Um, and that's okay. That happens. But it's, 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 it's become very close, very, very obvious um, in the last six to eight months, you know, kind of since the end of last season, I think that this, maybe this dude was, was in to over his head. Cause, cause he had good things. It's not like good things didn't happen. We, we'll talk, you know, he, this, this man won at Duke, won at North Carolina, almost beat at Kentucky, should have beaten Kentucky, beat Kentucky once, um, Michigan state, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, there, et cetera. There's not many coaches that do that in four years and get fired. It's wild. That have a winning record against Duke. Um, what's he, was he two and two against Duke? I guess not a winning record, but he's beat him twice. He's beat him twice um, at least. And, you know, has a win against Kentucky under his belt, has a win against Michigan under his belt, has a, a win against at North Carolina. There's not many coaches that in their first four years win at North Carolina and win at Duke and get fired. How about that? <laughs> Looks like Kentucky and Mississippi State are going into overtime or maybe aren't. It's, it, it's tied up. 72, 72, 22 seconds left. It's so, it's so, I'm literally pulling it up right now. It's so funny that it looks like Kentucky's going to, going to get an, one more opportunity here. We'll see right now if they're going to take a shot. It's so funny that this is happening. If, Mich- if Mississippi State can pull us off now, they're going to get we'll scored on. No, they're not. It's so funny that this happens the day, you know, we, we whooped Miss, Mississippi State's ass. <laughs> we whooped Mississippi State's ass and here we are. So that's going over time. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about it. That's um, undoubtedly the high point of the season, right? Was uh, the Barmere bullies. The, the Baham, the, the Bahama or the Bahamar. The Bahamar, yeah. Bahamar yeah, bullies. Um, yeah. Hey man, they're back. We'll see. We'll see if if Pegues <laughs> takes over, dude. Uh, can we see the uh, Michael Lefer joke at a Baja Bullies uh, shirt in every shirt in every chair on Saturday? We're back, baby. Um, it would be so funny if they just beat the shit out of Duke. It'd be yeah. so funny. It would be really funny. Um, what um, the last one I have, and this goes hand in hand with wasn't a good fit. He, he was done. He was, he was done with this. As I said earlier, um, I was told, I think other people have reported that he was telling people he was counting down the days. He was counting down the weeks. He was, he was just, it was over. I think he knew it as much. And it sounds like he initiated the contact with Louisville to, to get this done. He's like, let's not waste time. The man is probably going to give up $6 million or more. Cause he's just done. What's your number? No, my numbers, my numbers too low. I would, I would leave for like two million. I mean, I'm getting four million dollars a year at that point. I don't know. So, he, so his his bio was ten mil, right? I think twelve, right? Oh, it, was it twelve? I thought it was ten. I thought um, I, I, I thought I heard twelve. I might, I might, I might be wrong. I'm not. Well, let's say well, let's let's well, no, that's fine. Well, let's say it's twelve. I'm not leaving for anything less than four mil. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, I would imagine that the number number they settled on was probably around five or six, probably. 
Yeah, it's I, I've I've uh, I I had someone suggest it was going to be six. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we'll ever know. I'm sure someone will do the 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 um, the Freedom of Information Act, um, the the FOIA um, on it, and 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 figure that'll it out. come out like whenever they're hiring the new coach. <laughs> That'll come out like in 2026. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They will drag their feet on that as long as possible, right? So. As we're joking, we're joking about the next coach. I think we've talked a lot about Chris Mack. Um, we'll obviously see. I, I feel like he's going to have a statement tomorrow. I'm sure um, he's doing this meeting with the kids or the the the, the team tomorrow, like eight or nine thirty, whatever they said. Um, it's funny. It's funny that they're building this new dorm and like this is like like Max era is like is the end. This is it. Like this is the last time the billion minority is going to matter. <laughs> No, this really is the is last funny. time Billy Minardi Hall is yeah. going to matter. Like they're yeah, probably going to burn that place to the ground. That's a good point. That should be the that's, name of this. this that's episode. the name. This the end the of last, Billy Minardi Hall. The, the, the last Billy time Minardi Billy Minardi Hall. Hall. Yeah, that's great. The end of Billy Minardi Hall. That's a hundred percent the name of this. this, this episode. Because next year, they're going to be in Denny Crum or Hall, right? Whatever it's called. Denny Crum. I think it is next year. Holy shit. That's amazing. I absolutely love that, that, that the defining moments of Bill, Mar- Billy Minardi Hall were Chris Max last year in Katina Powell. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's what people are going to think. That's great. Um, yeah, it will be built for occupancy by the fall 2022 semester. I'm screaming. I'm internally hollering. <laughs> that's great. Oh my goodness. The end of Billy Minardi Hall. I, I hope they raised it to the ground. <laughs> no dis. R.I.P. Billy Minardi. Um, no disrespect. To, <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to him. Shout out to his family in the immortal words. <laughs> um, but I hope they oh, burn God. it to the ground. <laughs> I never want to hear about that place again. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> It's a real nice dorm. Shout out though. Um, have you been inside of it? I have been inside. I, I, I always tell people I had a good, a good friend. I went to or two good friends. I went friends. I went to high school with that, um, uh, that were managers, uh, in my year, 2000, uh, year of 2013 graduating class UVO. Um, and I remember being a freshman going and hanging out i got dinner there one time which was sick it was it was tremendous <laughs> i don't even remember what it was but i was like holy shit this is incredible no wonder we're good as hell um and i'll <laughs> never i was like i think it was, it was preston Knowles last year if it was our first year there so i remember like oh it's preston Knowles. holy crap um and i remember <laughs> we were getting ready to go to um I think it was the Sigma Chi eighties party. This is just, everyone's going to love this listening to this. They're going to the Sigma Chi eighties party with, with like four guys who were like managers and we walk out and it's fucking Andre McGee. And <laughs> who else was it? Someone else. I don't remember. I think it was Terrence Jennings and um, Andre McGee's just like laughing his ass off at us. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, Andre McGee like sucks. <laughs> like the other guy's like, oh, that's cool. You're going to the party. Yeah, that's awesome. And Andre McGee's like, you guys look like idiots. And I'm like, Andre McGee's like 24 years old. Why does he like care about this right now? And 
And so I'll never forget when there was like, yeah, it was Andre McGee that got us in trouble. I was like, yeah, that guy sucked, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could have told you that. I could have told you that. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's, that's a good story. I'm glad I'm glad we got to that. Um <laughs> that brings us to what's next and the the future of Louisville basketball. Perfect place. We're gonna talk about this a lot, Chris. So here's why I think we should have this conversation. We're gonna talk about this a ton tomorrow. I, so. I, I I want to have like a brief conversation. We've sort of had a brief conversation already. I want to have an episode where we talk about our rubric for who the next Louisville basketball coach is. And then I'm going to create a ranking kind of poll for our listeners. Cause I want to see what the listeners think like their, their choices are, if that makes sense. Like I'm going to put like 20 candidates have listeners rank their top five or top 10 or whatever. Sure. So we'll do that. So what are you initially looking for? Or who are you looking to, um, you know, in this in this new new um, era of Louisville basketball? Let's not give names. I think we should just give attributes. Really. Let's give attributes um, then. Let's give attributes. I, I, I've already said it once, but I, I am going to be placing a premium on recruiting yeah. for me personally with whoever this guy is. Um I just think that's the reality of the new way of basketball uh, and the new NCAA and the new world that we're going into. That if you cannot recruit, I don't know that you have to be an elite recruiter, but you yeah. have to be a really good, like it has to be something that someone says in the first few sentences when they describe you. This guy's a great recruiter. I, I think that that might be the biggest thing for me. I, yeah. I would love, you know, the nerdy side of me would love to have an X and no wizard, but that's probably the most important thing for me, if I'm being honest. I think that's fair. I, I kind of, I, I, I think I feel similarly. I think, um, I'm not asking for this person to have like a five-star recruiting class immediately, but I think that's the way that we get fans excited quickly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that's good. Actually, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I uh, Please, please go ahead. No, it's just that is, you know, step one. You got to yes. win back this fan base really, yeah. really quickly, yeah. especially if you're not whoever is the chosen one that the fan base has become. And it's seemingly everyone is pointed to Bruce Pearl. And if it's Bruce Pearl, then everyone's going to be wildly excited because that's been the anointed one. But if it is not him, then you got to do something immediately that brings energy back into the building. Really quickly, something like a side, I do want to say, and I meant to say this earlier, the one like really big downfall to this is we now have two months of everyone to everyone has a two month head start on negotiating contracts. Yeah. And that's Bruce, Bruce Pearl, hundred percent, uh, whether you believe he's interested in a job or not, could be using that for a, uh, any kind of you know benefits. I, I legitimately saw a screenshot from Auburn's message boards that were, um, Oh, we're, you know, they're already working on his extension. They're already working on giving him the indoor practice facility, new indoor facility he wants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So wanted to note that really quickly, because I meant to say it earlier. Um, that's the one downside of this happening now. Also looks like Kentucky is beaten um, 
Mississippi State, which is kind of a bummer. I would have loved for them to lose to Mississippi State, a team we, is ass we worked. Anyway, recruiting 100%, winning the fan base back, completely agreed. Um, it's got to be someone personable. It, 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 I, I, I've had a few people tell me, oh, we got to get someone who plays press. It, it, that's just I not going <laughs> to care less about that. That's not going to happen. A, it's a, a, like, I just, I, who, who's doing that? Who is doing that at the highest levels of basketball that's getting high level recruits? I just can't imagine going to a coaching search and saying that we have to have a guy that plays a one to one press. Like, or yeah, we have to have a guy that presses. Like, that's just it's a shout weird out to my thing. boy. I love him. He's one of my, my best friends. He's a dude at my wedding. I love him. He's like, we got to get someone who does the press. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think we need that. I don't think that's what we need. I um, mean, if they find that, that's great. But I don't I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's. I don't. Yeah. I don't think anyone's doing. I. Don't, I think kids don't want to play the press. If there's anything AAU kids don't want, it's to play the press. The <laughs> only team I really know that's doing that at any remotely successful level right now is VCU, and I mean that's VCU, um, and that's that. Honestly, probably is about it. Um, Purdue presses a decent amount, and they are successful when they do it. Iowa. There you go. Do you want to hire Fran McCaffrey? They press a lot. I'm good. I'm good on <laughs> Fran McCaffrey, my friend. I'm good. Okay. I, um, so. <laughs> I do think that they do need to play a exciting brand of basketball. Yeah, that's fine. That matters less to me than recruiting and winning back the fans. I, I want this person to, I, I, I want this person to bring Louisville into the 21st century. If you recruit well, you're going to play an exciting brand of basketball, though. Yeah, that's true. hundred percent. hundred percent. I want this person. I want to feel like this person is about the next is, is, is willing to usher in um, a forward looking little brand of little basketball, as opposed to something that's backward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not asking yeah. for somebody, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I want somebody that's like, Oh, they only play, you know, they play, warrior style basketball or any of those kind of buzzwords. But I just want somebody that like when people say, Oh yeah, that person, uh, you know, that person really is interested in kind of new and interesting schemes or stuff like that. You know, that makes sense. No, well, you're right. You. That, that comes, that comes with, 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 with the talent as well. Any, any, I mean, uh, I would go ahead. I, I would like, I love the way that Florida state recruits in this age of basketball. Mm-hmm. And they are going to recruit athlete first, basketball players secondly. And sometimes it doesn't always work out beautifully. Um, it has took them a while to get going this season in particularly, but it does kind of feel like they're rolling now. They, they look really good actually now. But, you know, the last three or four years, if any indication, has been very successful for them. So recruiting in athletes, I want athletes, man. I want athletes. I want Alpha dogs, mm-hmm. like I want Montrez Harrells. I want those type of dudes. I want dudes. I want dudes. Dudes. That's dudes what I want. Good. We haven't had dudes in a while. When's the last time we had dudes? Montrez Harrell. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, man. I mean, um, uh, watching. Uh, I I understand why so many people are pumped up about Bruce Pearl because when you watch them play, you're like. Yeah, they got dudes. I think also like, and not to like just make this about Bruce Pearl, but I do think like Auburn is like the perfect like 
no matter what they sell you, Bruce Pearl, you're never like, you're never going to sure. be more important than the bat, the football team. Even if it goes like five and seven, it's, it's like kind of like just, Cincinnati football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that was what I was the analogy. I was thinking, <laughs> I would love to get that out on, on Auburn Twitter. Hopefully someone can take a snapshot of this podcast and go <laughs> ahead and just throw that into Auburn Twitter that I'm calling Auburn basketball. Cincinnati football and Bruce Pearl <laughs> is Luke Fickle. I want to be clear. That's what I'm saying right here. Um, because that's, that's what you are. They just made the, 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 the CFP, man. It's bold. Huh? Oh, there's like a, and there's some say, confrontation. You, there's some confrontation going on at the and, end of this. And you, and you saw what happened when they, when they made the CFP and the same <laughs> thing will happen to Auburn when they go to the final four. So it already did, didn't it? They, they already went. Yeah. And what happened? They didn't win. Pauly Pavilion, best basketball game of the year, like regular season basketball game so far, just like half empty, just or like yeah. two two thirds full, only two thirds full. Yeah, there's a lot going on in LA. <laughs> oh man, um, any any other attributes? I think I think we've we've covered a lot of them. Yeah, I I think we did. Motivator, recruiter. Um, Culture innovator, a culture, culture. Guy. Yeah, I think that's all what we're really saying here. It's a culture guy. I think that's right, and not like the culture, not like not like uh, not like the Detroit Lions coach culture type of guy. <laughs> what what type of culture am I thinking of? A patriot culture? No, no, not even not even that. I'm trying. Like it's got to be a swag culture. Who who who's got the swag culture going right now? Oh, the Panthers had it for a second. <laughs> Um, the swag culture, the Suns, the Phoenix Suns. Okay, that's the culture I want. Well, you had me thinking NFL, so yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm just—I was um, thinking all sports. The Phoenix Suns culture is what I want. I want like there to be swag, a bit of vet, you know some veteran influence. You know, we definitely is there is there a college a you would college. like to replicate, like to steal from. <laughs> It's a tough question. I don't know. Florida maybe, State for me. Florida State for you. Maybe, maybe some Arizona. I kind of like the vibes of Arizona right now. Probably, it's probably a terrible thought. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I think it's a little hard to still kind of figure out what's going there. Cause it's so new, but that's true. I don't, I, that's true. I don't, I don't know. I just think it, I'm thinking of, just, you know, they, they've done, he's, you know, they did decent recruiting. Um, yeah. They're, and they're 16 to one. They've, yeah, they've been successful for sure. Um, I don't think that's a bad call. Out Is, this of his any, first year? Is this his first yeah, year? His first year. Lone, lone time Gonzaga assistant. Yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. She, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Well, it can happen when you get the right fit. Um, well, Chris, any 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 other notes you you know? No, I think we'll talk tomorrow. We're gonna talk tomorrow. We'll we'll kind of outline things. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like if 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 kind of all the news comes out at one period of time, like oh yeah, which I'm guessing is gonna be like kind of noonish, eleven or noonish, then maybe we could go live around then, um, and then. Um, you know, kind of, kind of want to hear from fans for, for a period of time. That's for sure. 
All right, Chris, this was a, a great episode. You know, I'm sure some people were finishing this at 1130. Hopefully it'll be up by midnight. I have a feeling there's going to be quite a few people that are going to press play right when they see yeah. this. So I'll be sure to, to tweet it out and um, let us know, you know, start, start thinking about it. It's going to be an interesting couple of months. We get the, we get the Baja bullies. It sounds like, so we'll see what happens on, on Saturday and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll chat plenty of times before then. Thanks as always, Chris. All right. Thanks. Thanks.